0: welcome to gleaming the tube the podcast where kevin and mike watch a film in which somebody rides a skateboard at some point finally a podcast where people talk about movies hello Michael. Hello, Kevin. So this week, we are discussing 1999's Mumford, written and directed by Lawrence Kasdan. It is set in a small town where a new psychologist, played by Lauren Dean, gives offbeat advice to the neurotic residents of the town, of which both the psychologist and the town are named Mumford. We're also going to take a, I think, a detour into the film Mallrats as well, which is from 1995 and is written and directed by Kevin Smith. The connecting tissue between the two films is they both star Jason Lee.
1: And Jason Lee was a very, very, very well-known and very well-respected skateboarder and one of my favorites. So while we, we can see that there is no actual skateboarding in Mallrats, I feel like it's a nice sort of a bridge because he is a professional skateboarder and transition to a relatively successful career in acting and and films and television. So
0: Yeah, and he does skateboard in Mumford, which is essentially why we chose it for this episode. Before we get into the movies themselves, I wanted to ask you a little bit about Jason Lee in terms of, I think at this point, it's fair to say he is more well-known for films and television, but what was Jason Lee's position in the skateboarding world, like leading into Mollerats?
1: He was great, like so, J- Jason Lee was from a sort of an era in which, you know, we've we've discussed a lot about the Bones Brigade about Stacey and about Stacy Peralta and and that era of skateboarding. And, and as it started to transition, there was only a few big companies to smaller garage-based companies. Jason Lee was sort of like. In that era, he was contemporaries with guys like Mark Gonzalez and then Templeton. And he was sort of from this like new era of street skaters who were primarily street skaters, but who were also kind of artists and creative types. And he was on this small company with Mark Gonzalez, who was a very, very well-known famous skateboarder. It was one of the first sort of small kind of passion project companies called Blind. And he starred in... For skateboarders of a certain age, meaning in their mid forties, like I am, the video that they produced with first-time director Spike Jones was called Video Days, and he was absolutely a standout star. At the time, there was a there was a, a large emphasis put on like big gnarly tricks, and then there was a sort of like growing faction of skaters who just seemed like they just kind of wanted to skate the streets. In these sort of long flowing lines of like many, many tricks, you know, one after the other and, and sort of mirror the way one would imagine themselves actually skateboarding down the street. And I remember being a kid and watching that video and thinking it was sort of the antithesis of the Bones Brigade videos that had really, really high production values and like skits, sort of like painfully square, like interactions between the skaters. And then Video Days came out, and it was clearly just held, you know, filmed with a handheld camera by a bunch of kind of artsy weirdo kids in L.A., and it was an absolute sensation. His skating was... Beautiful to watch. At the time, one of the most sort of the newer exciting tricks was the 360 kickflip. And Jason Lee had this beautiful 360 kickflip that everybody wanted to emulate. And he had a really good sense of style and a really good sense of like fashion and he was incredibly funny and engaging to watch you know i every time we do this podcast actually i always mean to mention a skate video or a skate film that would kind of dovetail nicely into the into the watching experience from whatever movie we talk about and in this case it's absolutely blind video days it's a really 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 cool kind of like moment in time where all these guys who would go on to be, you know, Spike Jones is a is an Academy Award winning director now. Jason Lee is a is a really 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 well known artist and i I'm sorry actor. And at the time, you could see it. They put him on camera, and he was just really engaging and really really funny and really cool when he started to transition to skateboarding. You know, I, in fact, I think we even mentioned this last week when we were talking about the Z Boys where Stacey Peralta by his early 20s felt like he had kind of aged out. Jason Lee in the early 90s felt the same way. I think he he said he hit like 24 and just felt like he was an old man in the industry and kind of needed to transition to doing something else. So he, he started his own company called Stereo Skateboards, but he also started acting. And it was no surprise to anybody, I guess, that he would make that choice because he was a very engaging character.
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly he's... I think, the highlight of Mallrats.
1: And that was the thing. When Mallrats came out and we, you know the skateboarding community found out that Jason Lee was, you know, not only in it, but had a starring role, exciting as it was for a lot of people to watch a movie that was clearly made by their own contemporaries. You know what I mean? For skateboarders to watch Jason Lee be as amazing in the movie as we all kind of were suspicious that he would be, was a really joyful thing. Whenever somebody in the skateboarding n- industry sort of transitions to something else, there's always sort of like a feeling of, oh, you, you know, You've rotated that as skateboarding. You're doing something else, and there's sort of a feeling that that's kind of a lame thing. But with Jason Lee, at least as far as I remember, pretty much everybody agreed that he was fucking fantastic in it and really, really fun to watch.
0: And Mallrats was not a hit movie when it came out. I think it's developed a cult following in the years since, and I absolutely loved that movie when it came out. Although, like, watching it for this for the first time in a few years, it's easy to see like where the flaws are in that movie. But I think the flaws are kind of beside the point with Mallrats. Quentin Tarantino, has talked in interviews about how certain movies are hangout movies where, you know, you watch them more to hang out with the characters than to be like taken on an emotional roller coaster. And he talks about how Rio Bravo is a hangout movie and uh, Richard Linklater's Dazed and Confused is a hangout movie. I think Molleratz is absolutely a hangout movie. You know, some of the dialogue is a bit overwritten and some of the performances are a little dodgy, not Jason Lee. Actually, I think he's really good in it, but I think Molleratz captures something or about what it was like to grow up in the suburbs at that time and just kind of be young and aimless in the suburbs that a lot of movies didn't. Because I think um, Kevin Smith kind of had this kind of middle-class background, which a lot of people who get into filmmaking don't, I think. His real gift was being able to translate that onto screen.
1: And I mean, it translates perfectly. With the, the, to describe it as a Hangout movie is exactly right. Like just when I watched it just before we, we recorded the podcast, I, I remember thinking, like, you feel like you're, it's like almost like a documentary. You feel like you're just with your idiot friends, you know, it, especially because, the you know, the look of the film and the time in which it was made, it's almost like the last gasp before internet culture and before everything really, really swiftly modernized. When you watch it, it really is, It it feels just like going to the Emerald Square Mall in the 90s and hanging out with your friends and being assholes. And then the fact that you were also, from from the, from the skater point of view, the fact that you were hanging out, quote unquote, with a professional skater that seemed like he would be a funny, cool guy to hang out with. I think that the thing about Jason Lee's performance is he, he just goes for it. You know, he's just, he, he lays it all out there. And I think it's really, really fun to watch him enjoying acting.
0: I found like, especially the way that character, he plays a character named Brody Bruce. The way that character is comically outraged at every minor inconvenience is something I certainly related to at the time. That was, um you know, at the time I was doing college radio and that was exactly how I was on college radio. Outraged about every perceived slight you know, the student union replaced the Coke machines with Pepsi machines, and I ranted about it for an hour and a half. So when Moraz came out, I was like, like, this is this is someone I relate to. And especially like I was not someone who came out of skateboarding, but I was someone who was interested in comic books. And this was really the first time you saw a character on screen who was interested in comic books, who was actually kind of like a lot of the people I knew who were into comic books. In previous films, if a character was into comic books, it meant that they were sort of a stereotypical Revenge of the Nerds, kind of like Joey B. Virgin. Whereas the Jason Lee character in Mallrats was someone who was into comic books, who was also seemed like, you know, a functioning human being. I'm going to show my age here, but there was a time where things like comic books and Dungeons and Dragons were not considered... Acceptable things to be into. I remember I was on a date with someone once in my early twenties, and she found out I played Dungeons and Dragons, and the date was over.
1: <laughs> that was it. Done.
0: That was the deal breaker.
1: I always remember when I when I first watched it. I always loved the idea of like you know when you're you know when you're in your late teens and early twenties, like you said, like you're you know you're outraged or you know deeply involved in things that mean nothing to anybody. The sequence of them arguing about the cookie stand versus the food court. I, I've had hour long arguments with people about things like that. And it, it, yeah, it felt really natural.
0: No, I think, I, I think the movie like overall works well for me. I, I, I can't say it's, it's going to be held up as like a paragon of great filmmaking, but it's a lot of fun.
1: What I like about it is that it's also, you know, an a, a 80s style kind of wacky comedy with a, with an adventure and a, and a, you know, but set in this benign
0: world of the mall. Mumford, on the other hand. Oh, man. <laughs> is not a particularly great hangout movie. You know, it's, it, you see, it's like written and directed by Lawrence Kazdan. Lawrence Kazdan has written some of my favorite movies of all time. Lawrence Kazdan wrote The Empire Strikes Back, Lawrence Kazdan wrote Raiders the Lost Ark. This dude is no slouch. I I was watching
1: the movie feeling as though there was going to be more to it. <laughs> you know, like when he confesses pretty early in the movie to Jason Lee's character that he's sort of a fraud. I kept thinking, well, then what is the conflict of the movie going to be? And it turned out that was it <laughs> like that you know I, although i will say i thought the casting of the main character was really great because he was this completely an utterly forgettable person
0: see i completely disagree with you there i feel like one of the problems with this movie is you had laurentine's performance is such a cipher and he is so not a compelling screen presence that you don't care about anything that happens to him and i think if someone's going to be the center of a motion picture like they need to be watchable,
1: right? Well, I think that's what I mean. It just it it was like they got a cardboard cutout to be in the movie. I it, there was nothing compelling about him at all.
0: <laughs> See, I find that to be a problem.
1: <laughs> well, no, I, I, I guess.
0: Whereas, I guess for you it's a feature, for me it's a bug.
1: No, I, I, I guess I am saying that it's a problem, but I also was fascinated by it. I guess. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, and especially like in orbit around him, there are a lot of really great actors. Who have all been better in other things?
1: Yes, I would. Martin Short, for example. You've got Martin
0: Short, who doesn't work in this movie at all. Right? He's like, what are you even doing here, Martin? What? You've got like I think Zoe Dashenell in her first on-screen performance, I believe, um, who is doing her Zoe Dashenell thing. You've got a very weird Ted Danson performance. There's like a scene where he kind of like blows cigar smoke into a brandy snifter and then sucks it back up, which is like a very, seemed like a very bizarre choice to me.
1: I enjoyed Ted Danson in this movie. I thought he was perfectly cast.
0: <laughs> you know, you've got Mary McDonnell, who is a few years away from shoving people into airlocks as President Rosalind on Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> you've got Hope Davis, who I thought was probably, who probably gave the, I don't know if she's the best performer in the movie, but I think she gives the best performance in the movie. Even though I, like, I liked Hope Davis more in Next Up Wonderland for instance. I love that. Yeah, that's a good movie. And you've got Jason Lee playing this like young tech billionaire who skateboards.
1: Yeah, I and it was it was interesting. So it it made me wonder like about the choice to make him a skateboarder in this in this movie. And that weird sort of special ramp that he had to kind of like, you know, I guess when you've got billions with a B, you can sort of do whatever you want. And I thought that was interesting. And it was, it was fun to see him skate because, you know, there's the, even though there's not a whole lot of skateboarding in the movie, there is that really great scene where he just sort of skates across the street and ollies up the curb. And you thought, I thought to myself like, that's, that's Jason Lee skateboarding. He's still, he's got what, what I like to refer to in skateboarding as touch. He's just got this touch to his skating that you just, you could watch, I could watch him skate down the street all day.
0: It did feel to me like they cast Jason Lee and Lawrence Kasdan was kind of like, well, why don't we make the character skateboard a couple of times?
1: Right. It makes him f- kind of a fancy free character and, you
0: know. Yeah. And, you know, it's fun to watch Jason Lee skateboard. So so let's add that. It, I, I don't think it detracted from the character. It was just an interesting choice. Um, and J- Jason Lee, I think, is fine in this movie. Like he's, you know, he doesn't give like a great performance. He doesn't give a terrible performance. The character's a little weird, like building sex robots and stuff.
1: Right. And everything just seemed like it was operating on a really low gear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Everybody's everybody's performance is kind of just like hey yo you're going to want to dial it way back <laughs> like let's say everybody maybe takes some quaaludes or or uh, i don't
0: know it was a it was a strange strange performance it was it was a strange performance in a very strange movie yeah
1: i i yeah as the movie unfolded i just like i said i was like the entire movie i i was just like haunted by the idea that there was going to be more to the story than what ended up being the story like he's a fraud and he's not really a, a therapist and then he admits it and then gets in a little bit of trouble for it and then the movie just ends
0: yeah and i feel like part of why i feel like he's not a compelling character or screen presence is you want your protagonist of a movie to want something so you can root for or against them as the case may be but, you know, if, if you're going to watch a film about someone, you want to feel like they give a shit about something. And I never felt like this character gave a shit about anything. Like, even in in Marvel apps, like, Brody and T.S. want their girlfriends back. And then the movie kind of goes from there. Uh, Brody doesn't admit it outright until near the end of the movie, but you can tell what's going on.
1: Right. Well, and, and in Mumford, it felt like, exactly, it felt like you could, I didn't even understand, like, what his motivation was in like people were he found it easy for people to talk to him but it 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 never occurred it it never seemed like he would be particularly bothered if anyone found out the truth about the fact that he wasn't a
0: no he tells jason lee jason lee tells the alfrey woodard waitress character when they start dating and he doesn't seem bothered by that the other psychologists in town are you know get fired up by martin short to you know get to the bottom of where he's from but then martin short defends him in court i think uh the
1: the one scene that i actually found pretty compelling was the scene where he meets with them at lunch or something and they're trying to kind of draw him out as the fraud that he is and they ask him what his technique is and when he breaks down his technique for being a therapist i remember thinking well that's kind of the truth of therapy like you just listen to people and wait for them to reveal some like the root of the problem and then you just tell them well that's maybe you should think about that and so in that way it almost made me think well he is a good therapist
0: or psychologist but i should ask my therapist friends what they think of this movie I don't think anyone's like saw this movie and and decided this is what made me want to become a therapist, but maybe it did. Maybe. Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe, maybe among therapists, this is
1: like the, you know, this is like the break in (laughs) in the therapy where where everybody saw this and was like, I I know what my, I know what my station of life is now. I want to be a almost ghost of a human being who,
0: (laughs) who barely resonates as a as a as a breathing character. And again, like Castan has done like legitimately great stuff. Even the stuff that he'd done that is not great, like uh The Big Chill. I think The Big Chill is is a movie a lot of people have a big problem with. I've, I and you know, it's sort of this totem of baby boomer self-regard. But I do think the big chill is a movie that made a mark. Like people know what that movie is. And I think there are some people that movie like really resonated with. I can't see this movie resonating with anyone.
1: Well, it's it's possible that the big chill resonated with people who are exactly in that age group when it came out, just the way we resonated with mall rats, possibly when it, when it came out.
0: No, I think, I, I think so. I think, I think, I think there's a crew of people from the big chill is, uh, you know, like a seminal movie for them. And I don't think the Big Chill has aged super well, but I I think it was it, it was the work of someone who felt like who I felt like had something to say. Whereas I don't know what he was trying to say with Mumford.
1: Yeah, I I, I couldn't like I just had an interesting thought, Kevin. Do you know offhand was the show Thirty Something in any way related to the Big Chill?
0: I think it was one of those things where the Big Chill was a reasonably successful motion picture. And probably when they were pitching 30 something, they, you know, said, Oh, it's kind of like the big chill. So yes and no. I, I think it probably probably there was something in in the air then about the baby boomers becoming like adults with responsibilities and, you know, wanting to document that. But I, I don't think there was any like like hard and fast connection. I remember
1: watching when I was watching the scene when I was watching the scene where he, where Jason Lee's character, sort of skateboards down the 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 staircase, the special staircase ramp that he's had made at his global headquarters. I, I remember thinking, wow, like this is where the budget for the movie went. Like they built this. Inc- I mean, when I was looking at it, it was like a, it's it's an incredibly well built, kind of really fun looking weird skateboarding obstacle course that's on camera for about eight seconds. And then, and then he just.
0: I will say unlike the Ninja Turtles skateboard apparatus, this looked like something that it would be fun to skate on.
1: Yeah. it really was, it was like, you know, as, as counterintuitive as as it would be to build it like down a set of, you know, like a staircase, it was, I remember. Th- I, I remember thinking it was like X Games quality looking skateboard ramp, and then I wanted Jason Lee to do more on it, you know. What I mean? And then that that was that was the end of it.
0: It's also weird that this movie came out in 1999, which is like when you look back, kind of one of the banner years four movies so many great movies came out in 1999 you had the matrix you had the blair witch project you had the sixth sense and it's not surprising that this kind of got lost in the shuffle
1: it barely left an impression on me and i watched it 2 days ago if you look at the two movies as far as a, as far as a film debut goes jason lee in mallrats is a is a phenomenon it he's good in this movie but again like it it's the, it just the whole movie barely makes like a blip it's a very strange experience to watch it.
0: Yeah, I also think it's possible like whatever Jason Lee's got seems to work well rattling off Kevin Smith's slightly overwritten dialogue.
1: In the hands of a lot of the other actors in Kevin Smith movies, it comes off as a I think it, maybe they try to they maybe they try to play it a little too straight or they try to play it a little too intellectually. But coming out of Jason Lee's mouth—it's—it's—it's it's, it's almost like he shines a light on just how ridiculous the dialogue is. You kind of have to be an asshole to talk that way, and, and Brody is kind of an asshole, and he, you know, and talk, the, the scene, this, the scene when he's when he's talking to when he's talking to Shannon Doherty's character in the in the store, and she's tell you know, and she she grabs him by the ear, she's like listing all of his. His, his infractions as a boyfriend and he's just like smiling and pointing at the other. It's That is so brilliantly funny to me.
0: I, I know Jason Lee hasn't done a ton in the past couple of years. I know was, he was doing those Alvin and the Chipmunk movies. I know Kevin Smith wanted to reboot Fletch with him in the starring role at one point, but I think he's unfortunately aged out of that.
1: You know, every now and then you see Jason Lee uh, on a skateboard there's a website uh, called The Barracks, uh, which is the namesake of another professional skater who tried to, to transition into acting and kind of never really made it named Steve Barra. But he's got this sort of like almost almost like Rob Deerdick fantasy factory type of uh, skate park that is uh, really, really famous and well-known. And it's sort of this media empire built around the skate park. And you'll see every now and then footage of Jason Lee In the skate park, like now, skating, and he's still really good. He's and he still owns. So after he left, Blind, he started a company called Stereo. And in the nineties, Stereo skateboards. You know, if it's interesting to think that before the small company revolution in skateboarding, there was a few companies that kind of had a a a sort of a a grip on the industry. Vision, Paul Peralta, and then the smaller kind of you know uh, smaller sort of garage garage companies started uh proliferating and you start to realize that the the kind of the stock and trade in a skateboarding company is really just the aesthetic quality of the logos and the and the graphics on the bottom of the boards and for a while stereo skateboards had it down they you know they used a bunch of like a lot of like sort of 60s, sort of jazz color block imagery they they put out a, a skateboarding a promotional video called the visual sound that's just aesthetically probably one of the most successful you know visual experiments that had ever happened in skateboarding at that time and was certainly like kind of the the hip company in the in the in the mid 90s and he still owns that company and he can still skate and it's really interesting to see him as a, you know, he's just about fifty years old now, and he steps on a skateboard, and it's still it's still pretty magical to see him to see him do it. Not maybe not as magical as his uh, as his sojourn into uh, skating down a down a staircase in in, uh, in Mumford.
0: <laughs> what is what is really? Thank you for listening. Our website is gleamingthetube.net. We're on Facebook at Gleaming the Tube. Twitter and Instagram at Gleam the Tube. And our email is gleamingpod at gmail.com. Production assistance by Liam Gray. Music by Kissing Contest. Skateboarding is not a crime.